heels and scurried across the grid, navigating the tops of the bulks with practiced ease. Spaced around the grid like down-pointed cannon, the delicate imaging gravitometers swayed slightly as the wind began to increase. Sylvest waited, then followed a similar path, deviating when he was a few boxes into the grid. Near the center of the excavation, four boxes had been enlarged into one single slab-sided pit, thirty meters from side to side and nearly as deep. Sylvest stepped on to the ladder which led into the pit and moved quickly down the side. He had made the journey up and down this ladder so many times in the last few weeks that the lack of vertigo was almost more disturbing than the thing itself. Moving down the cofferdam side, he descended through layers of geological time. Nine hundred thousand years had passed since the event. Most of that stratification was permafrost, typical in Resurgum's sub-polar latitudes. Permanent frost soil which never thawed. Deeper down, close to the event itself, was a layer of regolith laid down in the impacts which had followed. The event itself was a single hair-fine black demarcation, the ash of burning forests. The floor of the pit was not level, but followed narrowing steps down to a final depth of forty meters below the surface. Extra floods had been brought down to shine light into the gloom. The cramped area was a fantastical hive of activity, and within the shelter of the pit there was no trace of the wind. The dig team was working in near silence, kneeling on the ground on mats, working away at something with tools so precise they might have served for surgery in another era. There were young students from Cuvier, born on Resurgum. A servitor skulked beside them awaiting orders. Though machines had their uses during a dig's early phases, the final work could never be entirely trusted to them. Next to the party, a woman sat with a compad balanced on her lap, displaying a cladistic map of Amarintin skulls. She saw Sylvest for the first time, he had climbed quietly, and stood up with a start, snapping shut the compad. She wore a greatcoat, her black hair cut in a geometric fringe across her brow. Well, you are right, she said. Whatever it is, it's big. And it looks amazingly well preserved, too. Any theories, Pascal? That's where you come in, isn't it? I'm just here to offer commentary. Pascal Dubois was a young journalist from Cuvier. She had been covering the dig since its inception, often dirtying her fingers with the real archaeologists, learning their cant. The bodies are gruesome, though, aren't they? Even though they are alien, it's almost as if you can feel their pain. To one side of the pit, just before the floor stepped down, they had unearthed two stone-lined burial chambers. Despite being buried for nine hundred thousand years, at the very least, the chambers were almost intact with the bones inside still assuming a rough anatomical relationship to one another. They were typical amaranthine skeletons. At first glance, to anyone who happened not to be a trained anthropologist, they could have passed as human remains, for the creatures had been four-limbed bipeds of roughly human size, with a superficially similar bone structure. Skull volume was comparable, and the organs of sense, breathing, and communication were situated in analogous positions— but the skulls of both Amarantin were elongated and bird-like, with a prominent cranial ridge which extended forwards between the voluminous eye sockets, down to the tip of the beak-like upper jaw. The bones were covered here and there by a skein of tanned desiccated tissue, which had served to contort the bodies, drawing them, or so it seemed, into agonized postures.
They were not fossils in the usual sense. No mineralization had taken place, and the burial chambers had remained empty except for the bones and the handful of technomic artifacts with which they had been buried. Perhaps, Sylvester said, reaching down and touching one of the skulls, we were meant to think that. No, Pascal said. As the tissue dried, it distorted them. Unless they were buried like this. Feeling the skull through his gloves, they transmitted tactile data to his fingertips. He was reminded of a yellow room high in Chasm City, with aquatints of methane icescapes on the walls. There had been liveried servitors moving through the guests with sweetmeats and liqueurs, drapes of coloured crepe spanning the belvedered ceiling. The air bright with sickly entoptics in the current vogue, seraphim, cherubim, hummingbirds, fairies. He remembered guests, most of them associates.